You're listening to Day 14 of A Little Bit of Heaven, a special study from North Richland Hills Baptist and Cross Church, focusing on the Christian hope for this life and the life to come. Here's Pastor Scott Mays. Today continues Questions Week, where each day is focused on answering one of your questions about the study and topic of heaven. Today's question is this, does everyone go to heaven? Lots of people down throughout history have expected to live forever. In 1974, a farmer was digging a well in China when he was surprised to discover clay soldiers underground. Now these clay soldiers turned out to number about 8,000, each one having a unique facial expression while they were positioned according to rank. Known as the Terracotta Army, this life-size, chalky, gray warriors, all prepared for battle, would eventually cover 38 miles. Now, this was created to accompany the first emperor of China into the afterlife. They were constructed to serve as an army for the emperor's next life. Now, this is just one example, but there's lots of examples down throughout history where people expected to have a second life. Now, the question for you and I is not if we're going to spend eternity, but where and how we will spend eternity. Jesus would speak of two gates to life and death. He said, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, he continues, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Just a few minutes later, he would add these chilling words. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Jesus restricted your choices to afterlife to simply two. No more, no less. Now let's say that I bought you a one-way plane ticket where you can travel anywhere first class. Immediately, you're excited, but in the midst of your packing, you pause to ask, well, where am I going? You look down at the ticket to discover that you have been given a first-class first class plane ride to Siberia. It's then you probably say, I think I'll stay home. Now, just like the plane ticket, the question isn't, am I going to live forever, but where am I going to live forever? Now, when the question is asked, does everyone go to heaven, Americans, by and large, the popular answer is that everyone does go to heaven. In a 2016 survey, six out of 10 people felt that eventually everyone goes to heaven. In fact, author Rob Bell suggests that every single person will embrace Jesus, if not in this life, then certainly in the next. He writes in his book, Love Wins these words, quote, at the heart of this perspective is the belief that given enough time, everybody will turn to find God and find themselves in the joy and peace of God's presence. The love of God will melt every hard heart and even the most depraved sinners, he continues, will eventually give up their resistance and turn to God. In fact, think back to the last funeral service you have attended. Or think just about any funeral service you've attended. Did anyone even question where the deceased person, if they were in heaven? Now, contrary to what we think, 
in popular opinion polls or in funerals or in authors such as Rob Bell, Jesus spoke more about hell than anybody else. Mean-spirited old-time preachers didn't invent hell. Puritans didn't invent hell. In fact, Jesus Christ, the greatest teacher of love, spoke more about hell than anyone else in the entire Bible. Hell is unpopular today, but I want you to think with me, pause and think with me for a moment about a curious and interesting quote I discovered recently here in my hometown of Fort Worth, Texas. At one of America's best zoos, you will find these words written, quote, when one tugs at a single thing in nature, he finds it's attached to the rest of the world, end quote. Now, most zoos and children's museums teach visitors the need to be careful with the world we live in. For example, if we were to rid the world or one particular environment of predatory or undesirable animals in one area, the balance of that environment may be so upset that the desirable plants and animals are lost, whether through overbreeding or with limited food supply. The nasty predator that was eliminated actually was keeping a balance, a balance of the number of other animals and plants necessary to that particular ecosystem. I think of Yellowstone and the wolves that were reintroduced in recent days. Now, in the same way, if we play down bad or harsh doctrines within the historic Christian faith and in our Bible, we will find to our shock that we've gutted all of our pleasant and comfortable beliefs along with it. Yes, there's an ecological balance to Scripture that must not be disturbed. Neglecting the unpleasant doctrines of the historic faith will bring about counterintuitive consequences. Now, the Bible teaches that the default destination for all of humanity is hell and not heaven. You have to make a conscious, deliberate choice in order to enter heaven. Jesus experienced hell on the cross in order that you might experience heaven in your future. Perhaps you've heard the message of the gospel before about the death of Jesus Christ for you. Someone may have taken the time to share with you about the need to respond by turning away from your independent way of living and now turn toward Jesus Christ and embracing him by faith. You know, from time to time, my wife, Tracy, and I, we will receive an invitation in the mail for a friend's wedding or a banquet. But it's not enough to receive an invitation. You must respond. And you must also respond to the invitation of the gospel by turning away from your sins, your independent way of living apart from God, and placing your trust in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ experienced so much of hell, so many hells, in order that you might experience the rich love of God. Jesus saw all of you and still wanted you. He experienced hell on the cross. Jesus said near the last moments of his life before crucifixion, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me while on the cross? He didn't even let hell keep you from him. Jesus tells us, I've experienced all the eternal agonies of hell, and it is worth it if you and I can be together with the Father. It was an infinite agony for him to lose his relationship with his Father. He took what you and I deserve so we could have God, so we could have a relationship and see the face of God. 
It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. I don't care if you used to be on hell's paid staff. Friend, you are far worse than you can imagine, but you're far more loved than you could ever dream. Wouldn't it be a terrible thing to hear all about the joys of heaven and miss it for eternity?